0: Well, I just want to mention a couple of things, uh, resources that we have for you guys. Um, there's, there's people still keep um, coming in. New folks are coming in at, uh, while we're doing this live broadcast, which is awesome. Just want to let you guys know that all of these are going to be available on the YouTube channel for you. Um, Steve, can I share my screen for a second? So I'm going to show people how to actually navigate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I do this? Share screen. Guys, let me know if you can see my YouTube screen. I'm on the YouTube channel. Can you see it, Steve? Yep. Yep. So, guys, all of these sessions that we did for you are going to be available on YouTube. Just go to Guitar Zoom. I'm sorry. Just go to uh, YouTube, type in Guitar Zoom, and this will pop up. Click on this big old uh, uh, button right here, this big logo, and then just go straight over to Playlists. And when you click on Playlists, Everything will be available for you right here under the Central Techniques Live Guitar Workshop, okay? So that's where all of the uh, the workshops are. And if we click on that, let's see how many, let's see, I can run you through. There's the web replay on it. See all these down here, guys? Uh, the first one we did, well, no, they're in this order. Cool. Uh, we did Feel the Rhythm. You see that one is an hour and 20. Uh, Central Techniques Live Session Number 2. This is Picking Perfection. an hour and 13 minutes. This one on playing songs. We did one on creative soloing. We did one. uh, This was a live Q&A, which was really fun. And then uh, the one we just did the other day was the three critical soloing techniques. So all of these playlists are here for you. You can go and just check them out. Um, Deep dive into whichever ones that you're most interested in. We have that available for you. Let me click stop share. So all the workshops are going to be available for you there. And of course, um, right now, we extended the the introductory price on Steve's new course. It's Essential Techniques by Steve Stein, available at guitarzoom.com right now. It's been extended for a few more days that you can still get in because uh, we decided to do some more live workshops for you. So if you're interested in the course, go check it out. Also, we're going to do a live or we're going to do a and a here in just a minute. So make sure you get your questions in and make sure that you tell us uh, if you're interested in this. Tell us why you play guitar. What does it mean to you and how has it changed your life? That is a really cool thing for Steve and I to get to go back and read. We love reading your stories and hearing about how guitar playing has influenced you and what it's meant to you. Okay, my friend, uh, where do you want to take it from here?
1: Okay, so again, we're running through this stuff pretty quick. Obviously, there's all kinds of other elements of learning these sorts of things, but I just want to explain to you the picking styles. So we've done alternate picking. So the next thing we move on to is what's called economy picking now economy picking is when you utilize um a small element of sweet picking while you're alternate picking so let's say for instance i took the a major diatonic scale here and i played this and as i play it that way you'll notice i'm alternate picking the whole thing okay another way that you could approach doing that though because i have more strings below me where when i did this I ran out of strings, right? Because I was making a pattern that goes up and comes back down. Okay, and I could do that anywhere, obviously. Well, now I'm gonna travel toward the floor using all six strings. So one thing that I have an option of being able to do is play like this. Down, up, down, down, up, down, down, up, down, down. And you push that pick through each time. So you wind it with two downs. You see? So you can actually learn I hear it all the time. I've heard it for 30 years of my life. So I can push that pick through. Okay. Now, I see people asking about pick angle and things like that. And again, in one of the other live sessions, we talk about pick angle. But basically, the way I hold the pick is that I hold the pick like I'm pointing at you. I put the pick on there with the pick pointing at you, and then I turn and put my thumb over the top. And I always hold the pick towards the tip of the pick, not towards the middle of the pick. I'm always toward the tip of the pick. I use a, a, a little bit smaller pick than a, a standard Fender size or something like that, just because it feels more comfortable to me. Now, as I'm playing these things, I am turning a little bit this direction. So I've got a forward slant oh, yeah. a bit. You can see to get through those. So you can use that, that economy pick to get through very quickly to the next string, you see?
2: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: if I continue building more than one of these, this is where we get into this word called sweeping, okay? And basically what I'm doing there is I'm just doing more than one string. So let's say, for instance, uh, what might be an easier way to show you this. So let's say I was up here and I was going like this so I'm playing 10 and I'm going over to 14 and then I'm playing 12 and 11 so I'm playing a 14 a 12 and 11 on different strings so now all of a sudden I'm pushing through I'm doing economy picking but because I'm doing more than one string we we now tend to call this sweep picking okay because I'm pushing the pick through more than one string so I use that a lot when I'm creating things where I'm, I'm having to, to kind of slice through multiple strings at once. Okay, so the point here is, is that we've got down picking, we've got alternate picking, and then we've got economy picking, and we've got sweep picking. Now, all of that seems like a lot, but the truth is is when you start learning how to play, you start developing which ones of these things feel the best to you in different circumstances. Because when I'm playing, my brain isn't going, okay, now it's time to economy pick or... But the truth is, is that there are certain licks or certain passages that I've created or memorized or whatever that I've developed a certain way to pick, okay? So it is happening. It's just not happening consciously at that moment in time when I'm improvising, right? But when I was practicing, I totally had to think about that. And this is where a lot of students go wrong is when they're learning these sorts of things, they're so concentrating on what this hand is doing, because this is the cool hand, right? This is the hand that Gets, is, is the rock star. This is the one everybody watches.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But this is the one oftentimes is the one that has to make the work, the whole thing flow, the job, the job happen. So it's trying to get used to being able to make sure that that knows what you're going to do. Are you on a down? Are you an on an up? Should you do two downs, right? You have to figure that out for yourself, what's going to work best. Now, in the recent years, there's been another technique that's come along called hybrid picking. And hybrid picking is great when you're doing a lot of legato stuff. And let's say you don't want to use, let's say I'm just taking two strings. I'm going to take five, seven, and nine. Notice how I'm just picking once on each string. And I'm giving a little bit of a palm mute, and I'm using my legato, my strength of my fingers. Okay. What uh, economy picking is, or excuse me, uh, hybrid picking is I would pick this string with my pick and I would pick this string with my middle finger. and I can make that transition even faster and my pick doesn't have to work so hard now there's a million different ways that you can use this but it's a really great technique you don't tend to use it when you're trying to alternate pick everything or something like that it's when you're moving from somewhere let's say it was doing something like that, where I'm building a, a, a pattern where I'm going to go back and forth between two strings. So what I'm doing right there is I'm going set, uh, 5 to 7, 7 to 7, and 9 to 7. See, if I try to do that with my pick, it's a lot of work, right? But if I just use this, so, you can make some really cool patterns by doing that. By using that uh, hybrid picking. So, that's another really cool thing that you can do.
0: Very cool. So, Steve, we have some uh, questions. Do you want to jump into those? Sure. All right, guys. So, we're about um, halfway through, a little over halfway through of this particular workshop that we're doing for you. So, Let's just jump right into questions. If you have any questions about techniques, please post them. We'll try to get to as many as we can. Um, Here's the first one, Steve. This comes from John Clifford M. Batali. He says, My picking, I'm sorry, my problem is my picking hand. When I try to pick fast using my wrist, it becomes tired already.
1: (laughs) Is that the question?
0: Yeah. So I guess the question is is how do you not,
1: well, you've got to build strength, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, and the other thing is is that you might pick from somewhere else. Like some people move their pick from their thumb, right? Mm-hmm. So with your wrist, the whole thing that I've learned is the way to develop a really fast down pick or alternate pick, but certainly down picking because down picking is just, once you develop alternate picking, you can make it very fast. But it's the down picking because down picking, I've always thought of it as cro Magnet. Like that's how I've always taught it is it's like clubbing somebody over the head, right? It's all this energy that has to go back and forth like this. Or alternate picking is just it's just very swift. So the thing about down picking is that you've got to develop that. And a great way to develop that is obviously either doing exercises for a certain amount of time to develop that strength or to play it in song form. Find songs, like uh, this morning I was working on... um Right? So songs like that, you don't even realize that they've got a lot of stuff in there that's worth learning. You know, where there's a lot of songs that can benefit you that way by learning how to play those sections. Maybe you don't learn the whole song, but you can learn parts of that. And you just have to do it over and over and over. I remember being younger and learning how to play Master Puppets was kind of my demise. It was Master Puppets, and then there was a Slayer one, and I don't remember which one it was, but I couldn't downpick it. Cause I wasn't strong enough. So I couldn't, right. I couldn't do that. It was through a lot of practice that I, I started developing that ability. And it's just like working out. It's just like, you know, bodybuilding and anything else. If you don't stay up on it, it goes away. And then mm-hmm. you have to start all over again. Right. And it's not that you don't retain some information. Of course you do all that sort of thing. But the more you stay on it, the the stronger you'll be and the easier it is to maintain that level of playing.
0: Yeah. I'm going to mix in some comments as we do the questions as well. This comes from Ken Johnson. I asked you guys uh, if you're comfortable sharing, like, what guitar guitar means to you? How has it changed your life? And uh, this comes from Ken Johnson. He says, I've been asked to play worship in the prison system a number of times. These events have touched some of the inmates in a big way. This has been huge for me. Guitar has not only been a big impact on me, it also impacts the people around me. That is an awesome story, Ken. Thanks for sharing that with us. So let's go into another question. Um, How about this one? How do you, sorry, this comes from Arno. Arno Weldert. He says, how to control your thumb on the fretting hand? I have big hands and my thumb keeps bending and pressing and so on and causing pain a lot of the time.
1: Well, again, I can't speak to having big hands. Again, I've had students that have had really big hands, and when they play, I mean, it's, they're all over the fretboard. I, I've never had that problem. You know, for me, and this is only speaking from someone who has smaller hands, I, I, don't, I don't grip hard at all when I play. So everything about playing, just about everything, maybe I won't, I won't say everything, but just about everything is relaxed. It just has to be, to be able to maintain you know, longevity, that sort of thing, because again, there's, there's a difference between getting through a song that's challenging and then getting through three hours of playing, right? Or four hours of playing or something, if you're playing in a band or you're, you're at a rehearsal or something like that, and you've got to maintain that stamina for a long period of time. Um, so part of it is you've just got to learn how to relax everything. You know, because again, I think about students that have had really long hands. And if you can see, you know, having my hand down like this, you know, I've had students where their thumb will still be over the top. And they're like this. I don't know what that's like. I can't, I don't even, I have no idea what that feels like. Mm -hmm. But I will say that I don't think having small hands is a benefit to playing guitar. I think you just, you just make it work however you make it work. Like Steve I has got really long thin fingers. He's got a really, really long hands. Um, and he plays more like you might be talking about. If you watch him play, I don't play anything like him because my fingers, my hands, my hands aren't like that. Um, but I think in all honesty, man, I I don't think guitar was created for big hands or little hands. I think it's just, we all have to wrap ourselves around it and figure out what works best. But I would say to relax a little bit, your thumb should really just be more of a guide than it is for like tension for squeezing.
0: Mm hmm. Excellent. Here's a question from Norman Perez. He says, I have problems with bar chords. Is there an exercise for practicing so my bar bar chords sound clean? And there's also several other comments about bar chords.
1: Yeah. and, And I go through this in the course too, but a couple things that you can do, um, bar chords, I always tell people this story, bar chords were almost the demise of guitar playing for me. I hated bar chords so much that I almost quit playing guitar because I couldn't get them to work. And, um, and then one day, and I'm not even lying to you, scouts honor even though I'm not a scout. Um, (laughs) One day I, I woke up and I could do them. So I went from hating them, not being able to do them to being able to do them. And that's honestly how it worked. And that's how a lot of things work. But I will give you a bit of advice though, is that when you play, when you make your bar chord, try and have your thumb kind of toward, like don't have your thumb way over here. Have your thumb kind of in the center of that bar chord. Okay. The other thing is think about where your finger is this direction because the knuckles can cause issue because if the string winds up where you have a knuckle, a bend point, right? Sometimes it's hard to press down that string. So you want to think about where you are here. And then the last thing with this is that think about turning this way a little bit like this, because when I play, I don't play with my finger flat. I play on the side of my finger sort of. Again, not completely the side, but kind of in between this side and this side, right? Kind of a 45-degree angle in there is where I stay, okay? And that way, if my finger turns a little bit, I still have a straight edge. Then the next thing is is think about where your elbow is. You know, when you play bar chords, if you're over here, if your elbow's over here, it's pushing you in the wrong direction. If I turn this way, you see, I've got more space to get underneath there. And also, the last thing is, is remember when you're making a chord like, let's say you make D, which is like this. And then you make C, which is like this, right? If you make D and you try and make C like that, it's very hard to get these fingers up here. Where D, it feels great, C does not work. If I turn in, I'm taking my smaller fingers and giving them a fighting chance. Well, a lot of times with bar chords, you've got to learn to turn in a little bit to give these fingers a fighting chance. Because if you're coming at this angle, there's no way they're going to get up there, right? Mm-hmm. So if I turn under a little bit, I'm giving it more more of a chance. But again, there, I go into more detail with that in the course, but those hopefully will help you.
0: Yeah. And for those of you just joining us, guys, when Steve keeps saying the course, he's talking about his new Essential Techniques course, uh, which is available right now at guitarzoom.com. Just click on the big banner at the homepage. It says it's Essential Techniques. The introductory price is available for a few more days. Uh, and then that'll be gone. There's also some cool fast action bonuses on there. So I, you actually get a... We're giving away a course. It's called... Um, Cage... Is it Cage Me Simple? Sorry. I just lost it. <laughs> Steve started noodling, and I started listening to him. Oh, it's Chord Chasing Mastery. Chord Chasing Mastery. You actually get that entire course uh, when you order uh, during the limited time uh, session that we have here. So anyway... If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to GuitarZoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to GuitarZoom.com. Now back to the podcast. It's going to go for a couple more days. Essential techniques is what Steve's referring to. It's a six-hour course um, available at GuitarZoom.com. Let's do a qu- comment real quick. I can't see where this is from. Uh, la, 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 no, it just says you, Facebook then. user. huh?
1: I've got one after you.
0: Oh, okay. This one says uh, this person. I don't see their name because of the privacy thing or whatever. But anyway, it says, <clears throat> while having, so we, we asked the question, why do you play guitar and how has it helped you or how has it changed your life? We still would love to, for you to tell us that we'd like to go back and read those. So here it is. While having cancer, guitar helped me through the treatments and watching you has helped me feel better. Thanks for all your classes. So I think that's an amazing story there for you, Steve. Oh, yeah, go ahead and read that one.
1: Okay. So this one says how to play soft with overdrive. I can't get a soft attack with higher gain. It depends on how much higher gain you have. I mean, if you're running a 5150 and you've got it full on high gain and you're trying to back off, you might not be able to get in that zone. So you, first of all, you got to make sure that the, the, the distortion is reasonable, right? So when you turn all the way up, you've got the amount of distortion that you need, or maybe even a pedal that you can press to you even in the next level but if you pop that pedal off and back off like right now i'm using you know there's a nominal amount of distortion on there but if i and notice how i'm changing my toggle switch right i'm changing to a single coil lowering my volume down See, so you've got to have the right, you've got to be able to utilize dynamic touch, change your, your pickup selector or your volume, that sort of thing. But your amp has got to be able to get there. So some amps just, they just don't respond well with cleaning up. And again, if you have way too much gain on there, it's really hard to get back in that clean zone. So mm-hmm. that's something to think about a little bit too.
0: Here's one from Electroshock. He says, how do you produce a pinch harmonic? What's your technique as it relates to picking?
1: Well, we've already talked about this one a number of times too, but basically pinch harmonic is, is just real shortness here. Um, All you do to get a pinch harmonic, it's all done with this hand. It has nothing to do with this hand. You play a note that you want and just watch as I do this. So what happens is if I turn the pick this way, so I'm on the string and I turn the pick. So now my thumb is touching the string along with the guitar pick as i push that pick through the last thing to touch that string is the thumb the thumb causes the harmonic so i'm not picking hard i'm not pushing really hard i don't have to do any of that i'm literally just turning the pick and i get that that pinch harmonic sound now there are different like if i do this you'll notice there's a lot of different options of pinch harmonic sounds. You have to find the one that works best on your guitar and sounds best to your ear. I always tell people mine is usually kind of right over the middle position pickup is kind of where I am, but you got to figure out what works best for you. But what's really nice about that is you can just slip into a pinch harmonic anytime by just turning your wrist up. And go right into that so that's how that's
0: done mm. i just saw a comment that said please go to full screen for your demos steve i think they don't oh, want to see glad. me when you're trying to play I, about that, yeah. <laughs> I do too uh so here's another one gaz davy says hi i struggle with strumming slash picking technique like in can't stop by the red Hot chili peppers he seems to be able to pick out the notes while strumming at the same time I just get a load of noise, laugh out I'm, loud.
1: Yeah, I always call it funk <laughs> strumming. Let me let me go to a, a different sound here. Let me go to this one. It's like that Steve Ray Vaughnish thing. And you can tighten it up as much as you want. And again, what it is, is at the very beginning of this this uh, live session where I was talking about how you deaden everything, that's exactly what you're doing. Black Cat, probably don't remember that, Janet Jackson. Nuno Betancourt played guitar on that. But that's how you do it, is you just, you you get used to being able to hit everybody. Now, as I move down, of course, now my six-string is going to become exposed, so either I don't hit the six-string, or i got to deaden it out with some other finger, because now I can't use this palm-muting deadening thing I was telling you about, because I'm strumming. Right? So.
0: So cool. Here's a question from Tally Gaston. Steve, are you running an overdrive pedal, or... Do you rely on your amp?
1: Um,
0: Well, I'm running everything in my camper right
1: now, but I do run a gain pedal in the camper. So at any time, if I need to, what I always try and do is I try and build a tone that's in the center, and then I've got a pedal that can push me over the edge if I need to. But as I was just saying about cleaning up your tone, I like to disable that that gain pedal or that distortion pedal so I can back it off. Like with this tone... See, if I do this, you can hear the, the gain pedal come on, of the distortion pedal. So I can get a little bit more of like an Eric Johnson kind of. But I can take that off. And again, I can always back this off. You see? So I can get a whole host of different sounds from that. Now, if I was gonna do something that was metal, this tone wouldn't cut it, okay? So then I have another tone set up for... And this one doesn't really need a distortion pedal because it's already really heavy, but this wouldn't be the tone that I would go to if I wanted to clean up, you see? This is meant for heavy stuff, so hopefully that helps a little bit.
0: Awesome. Sean Evans says, "Is this guidance applicable to acoustic and electric? Do you recommend practicing these exercise exercises with one over the other?"
1: Um, no, I mean they're they're all a- applicable, applicable to uh, to acoustic or electric. It's just acoustic is just generally harder to practice these things on. You know, I I commend anybody that practices all of this stuff on an acoustic because acoustic just is is more challenging. It just is. Um, but it doesn't matter if you choose, if, if your primary instrument is going to be acoustic, you still got to develop strength and speed and stamina and all these other things relative to the instrument that you want to play. It doesn't matter if it's a tuba or a saxophone or a piano or a guitar. You know what I mean? We all have to do it in whatever realm that we're, we're working with. So for me, if I go to acoustic and I start playing acoustic, I tire out quicker on acoustic far more quick quicker than i do on an electric um and it's not again it's not that i don't love playing acoustic i really do but i i mean look at me i'm i'm an electric guy i grew up playing electric and my my heart is attached to an electric guitar and i love playing acoustic but if i had to get rid of one or the other on a deserted island my acoustic would be gone and i'm not saying that to influence anybody else. What I'm saying is you want to find that same connection to whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, Because I've built my technique. I've built the way I play around not only electric guitar, but specific kinds of guitars. You'll notice that I play a lot of the same guitars over and over and over because they feel a certain way. And it all puts me in my comfort zone. Love it. I'm not the (laughs) kind of guy that can just walk into a guitar store and grab any guitar off the shelf and just rip and tear it up. That's It doesn't work that way for me. If I grab a guitar and it's really awkward to play, I don't try and play the things I normally do. I play differently.
0: Got it. Here's one uh, question, Steve, from Stefan Domeyer. He says, did you stop playing? I'm sorry. Did you stop using your Hughes and Kettner amp?
1: Um, No, my Hughes and Kettner amp is actually at a rehearsal space where I practice. Um, I found that with all the stuff that I do with doing not just live stuff like this, but you know, Guitar Zoom has this thing called Play Songs. It's a it's a, a membership where I do songs. I I show how to play songs and break them down and all that sort of thing. And with the Kemper, I can get closer to Van Halen tones and Randy Rhodes tones and all these different variable tones. So the Kemper works really great for this sort of thing. Um, the Hughes and Kentner doesn't have all of that stuff. It's a great sounding amp. And so that I use for practices. I use it for my rehearsal and that sort of thing. I've used it on stage before that sort
0: of thing. Steve just mentioned Play Songs guys. That's available at playsongs.com. That's a membership and the entire thing is just songs. So if you're interested uh, there. I
1: don't know if you can see that but that's perfect. <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> on deserted island.
0: <laughs> no electricity on a deserted so island. Where's that person from? I, I'd like to know. That's funny. Um <laughs> <laughs> Lorraine McGowan says, can you slow down songs to practice with? Do we have that ability? I can't remember. We've been working. I don't working...
1: think we have it yet, but we're working on it to be able to slow the songs down. You can loop them, um, but I don't and think. And you can we...
0: also just, yeah, you can loop and you can choose which right. part you want to you loop.
1: Download the, you can download the, um, the jam tracks or the backing tracks. And mm-hmm. then I use a program called Amazing Slowdowner to slow them down on mine. But,
0: mm-hmm. um, Yeah, there's little plugins, you guys you can use for that, I believe. Right, guys? All right, guys. I just want to, we're about bumping up on an hour here. I know Steve is super busy. Steve, I want to thank you in advance for coming with us. We're going to take a few more questions. I do want to mention the free resources as well as the paid resources that we have for you guys um, if you're interested in that. We have a podcast now. It's called the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. You might want to check that out. A lot of people have uh, subscribed to it, and I just noticed we had like some five star reviews, which is super cool. We haven't really put a lot of effort into getting the word out about the podcast, but that's available for you. Uh, the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. Also, um, all of these sessions we've done for you here will be in a nice, tidy playlist for you on the Guitar Zoom YouTube channel. We have three YouTube channels Guitar Zoom, Steve Stein, and the Guitar Zoom Songs channel. Okay, so if maybe you're subscribed to one of those but not the others, if you'd be interested, if, you know, if you're interested in songs, subscribe to the songs one. If you're interested uh, in following Steve's closest stuff, the Steve Stein channel and then the GuitarZoom channel, we're also posting to uh, at least weekly. We also have a 30-day trial membership right now to our VIP club where you get uh, instant access to over 400 lessons. And um, that's been around for a while. We've done a pretty bad job at promoting it. But right now, if you go to GuitarZoom.com, there's on the homepage a 30-day free trial. And you can check that out. Uh, it's different than anything else that we've ever done before. Steve, you want to tell them kind of your thought process behind VIP?
1: Well, the big thing with VIP is, is that not everybody is looking for a guitar course. Not everybody's looking for six hours of study. Sometimes you just like, for me often, because especially because I've been playing for many, many years, I just need motivation. Like, I need something small that I can watch or see or hear and go... Okay, that's that's what I want to work on. And then I grab that and I start using it. That was the whole point of VIP was just to have small bits of things where maybe for a week or two weeks or a month or whatever it might be, you just grab something that matches kind of where you are, just to get motivated and, and learn something unique and new. Like for me, I'll just learn like some new lick or I'll practice some new lick and go, Oh, that's really cool. It's just something different. And then, oftentimes, what I do is I turn around and take the licks that I'm trying to figure out, and I make them into stuff in the VIP group, so everybody can learn them.
0: That's right. So VIP is small, chunky lessons that you can just uh, latch onto and learn one cool thing a month. That's the whole idea behind that. And you can try it free at uh, GuitarZoom.com. Uh, we also have the um, let's see what was that uh, playlist? GuitarZoom channel? Yes. And, of course, the the course it's right now, Introductory Price, Essential Techniques. I do want to show you guys this really quickly. I'm just going to show them the mind map. Some people have already asked, like, show us Steve's brain. Steve, can uh, you see my screen? Yep. Okay. Check this out, guys. This is what Steve created. This is his work, unedited. So if you're like... I don't really understand what this means. This, this is the brain. This is Steve's brain when he sits down to actually create a course for you. This one, he just wrote a Central Techniques course 2020. We didn't know when it was going to come out. wasn't sure when he was going to get done with it. It turned out to be about a six and a half hour course. And uh, this is the different topics. And you see here, he starts out with the intro discussion, the guitar amp and setup. I'm going to blow this up a little bit for you guys. Chords, strumming and rhythm, picking hand development, fretting hand development, uh, then we get into, sorry, this thing's kind of hard to navigate. Um, the whole section of vibrato, whole section on bends, the whole section on hand synchronization, slides. And then I'm not even showing you the whole thing. If I turn this thing, this, uh, sorry, if I turn this like this, check out far this, I don't know if you guys can see that. This is how much this thing branches out. So for example, if you just look at bends, just the bends part of this thing. The whole section. There's a whole section on bends. hold bends, half bends, three frets, blues bends, unison bends, harmony bends, ghost bends or pre bends, double pumps, siren bends. Uh, bend. Whoops. Don't mean to mess up your mind map there. Uh, siren bends, bending slides, bending pull offs. I mean, this thing is huge, guys. Hand synchronization. Whole section on that. A whole section on slides. A whole section on arpeggios, a whole section on string skipping, playing octaves, a whole thing on tapping, uh, harmonics, dynamic tools. The thing that we're talking about today mostly is picking control. If you take a look at the picking section over here, there's actually, we covered some of these exercises in a previous workshop. Let's see, where is it, Steve? Picking control, right here. So there's a section just on, like, some, some, some person asked about exercises, there's a 30-second 30 thirty-second exercise, 60-second, one minute, and then it goes up to the three-minute exercise. This thing is jam-packed, guys, and a whole lot of people have already signed up for it. For it. I think you're going to love it. It's Steve's brand-new course, and it's called Essential Techniques by Steve Stein, at available right now at the introductory price at GuitarZoom.com. I'm super excited about this course, Steve, because we've never had anything that's just on technique. So thank you for making that for us Absolutely. and for all the people to enjoy. Um, where do we go from here, man?
1: I think I think that's enough for for people to try and work on, is just understanding that you've got alternate picking. Well, you've got down picking, you've got alternate picking, you've got economy picking, you've got sweeping, so to speak. Um, and then at any point with any of those things, you've got legato. So for me, for instance, when I play, I don't, I don't just strictly pick everything or legato everything it's all just a natural flow across the fretboard and and that's the last thing i guess i would say is is remember the better you know you you can navigate around your fretboard and again it doesn't have to be an 100 percent absolute thing but the better you're able to navigate around your fretboard the more options you have for things so for me that was just one of the biggest things for me to learn was being able to is to be able to move around the fretboard as opposed to just being stuck like in one position.
0: Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. Um, thank you for being here guys. It's always a blessing. It's a privilege that you guys show up and hang out with us. We hope that you got something out of today's workshop. Steve, thanks again for being here. Absolutely. Really always appreciate you, man. You're just one of the most giving people I've ever known in my life. It's awesome. And thank you for all of you for taking your time. To me, that's the best gift you can give us is your time um, because you could be doing a lot of things and you chose to be here with us. So thank you for that. We do appreciate it. Thank you very much. And thank you to everyone who's already invested in essential techniques. I saw a lot of people said, hey, I already got the course. This is what I'm working on. Uh, And that's super helpful. That's what allows us to be able to continue to do what we do. So if you're interested in learning techniques, techniques for regardless of if you want to learn soloing, you want to play a rhythm, you know, if you're uh, want to be a rhythm guitar player, if you want, whatever that means, if you want to uh, learn ACD song, ACDC songs, or you want to play acoustic uh, at your worship uh, service at your church, like no matter what you do, there's certain techniques guys that you need to know that would allow you to go in any direction you want. That's why Steve created this course. And uh, you can get it right now at the introductory price. It's called essential techniques by Steve Stein and it's available at guitar. Zoom. .com Steve, thanks again. Appreciate Absolutely. you man.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here and and hang out with everybody and stay positive, of course, and keep practicing. That's the most important thing.
0: Awesome. Thanks again, guys. We'll see you in the next next time around, okay?
1: Bye everybody. Next time on the Steve Stein guitar podcast. So, one thing I want you to understand is if you're like me, when you're when when you when you learning how to play, you spend a lot of time working on rudimentary things, whether it be scales, whether it be theory, um, whether it be licks, or something like that, or, or a particular kind of technique that you're trying to develop, and all of that is awesome. Thank you, Dieter, thank you, Axel, thank you, Don. Um, but what I want you to think about a little bit is also the nuances that you're using to try and make them sound good. Hey, Charles, uh, perfect, thank you, thank you, Averett. My son's just learning, but I'm, I'm pretty good, but you're better. <laughs> okay, thanks, Steve. So let's go ahead and take a look at this. So what we're going to do here is I just want to give you some subtle elements that you can use in your blues. Okay, let's just take the A minor pentatonic. If you have your guitar handy, I'm not going to take a bunch of your time, but just some things to think about. So if we take that scale, the A minor pentatonic, the first thing I want you to think about is I want you to think about your dynamics and your tone. Okay. your dynamics in how hard or soft you're playing see how you could create a really great dynamic by just picking harder or softer at different times hey Tom, hey Gareth, hey uh, Craig so you got to think about that a little bit. Think about the tone that you've, you've created, and again, tone is a whole nother conversation, but if you're trying to play something that's a bit more mellow or a bit more heavy or clean or whatever the case may be, hey Fabian, uh, hey Benji, from Haiti, that's awesome. <laughs> okay you think about the tone and you think about your dynamic and that dynamic might also include your volume right
2: hey David okay
1: right and it also might include your your uh, which pickup selector you choose kind of try and create that sound that you're looking for. The next thing I want you to think about is how important these things are. Bending, vibrato, and slurs, which for us slurs are gonna be hammer-ons, pull-offs, and slides. Hey, Steve Stein here from guitarzoom.com, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor?